You are now listening to an all-new episode of Bubble Bath Stories with your hosts, Nikki Trends and Manny Oso. Hey everyone! I What's up, guys? You guys have not seen our beautiful faces in so long. So, yeah. hi, we're here, and we have a wonderful guest. First, I'm Nikki Trans. If you guys forgot who I was, and this is Manny Oso. And special guest, please tell us who you are. I am Anika Winstead. I am the founder of What Kids Incorporated. What? Kids. Tell us. We know what it is because we do very extensive research here at Bubble Bath Stories. <laughs> but please let the people know what exactly Watts Kids is. So Watts Kids is an organization that is solely focused on educating youth, um, specifically in the minority communities, about financial literacy. So we start with the basics of financial literacy, but then we also have building blocks that build onto helping the older kids learn how to use different tools and vehicles to wealth build. That is so awesome and so important now especially as we are all trying to navigate through the pandemic of the coronavirus so thank you for that (laughs) how did you uh how did you get started doing that well actually i have my own tax and accounting firm and you know um working with adults i was working with these adults and those these business owners and they had no plans in place as far as like retirement was concerned you know they were retiring with like twenty thousand dollars in the retirement i'm like where are you retiring like you can't do anything with that you go back to work you know and so and then and then just working them helped me to realize that they had no clue about their finances um and so i figured if these adults really had no clue then i know that the children you know that are being raised by them or that are coming in contact with them don't have a clue either and so um i found it really necessary to you know um step out there and create something that was specifically specifically for the youth and specifically for youth that look like me and you um because we are sometimes caught cut out of that because a lot of finances are taught by um doing and it's taught taught by um what you see your parents do you know and so if we didn't grow up around that then we kind of miss that and so you know um i don't want anybody to have to struggle like i did and struggle to learn all these things and so i figured why not give what i've learned over time that's amazing what was your journey to financial literacy i mean when I hear tax and accounting, I'm like, oh, no, this sounds so terrible. I can't even, I can't, I can only do basic <laughs> math. It gives everybody in the anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your journey like? Why, when was your aha moment that this is really important for you to learn? Yeah. So um, very early on, like I said, I wasn't exposed to it. You know what I mean? Um, it was, it's the relationship that I had with money that I realized as an adult was unhealthy, right? You don't realize that growing up, but as an adult, you're like, okay, these are not, this is not what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, maybe yeah. meals on time. Maybe that matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, nobody really tells you you know, how everything plays together, you know, and what you do at 19 may affect you at 35, right? Um, and in the most smallest way, right? In the most smallest way. And so my journey for accounting is really cool because I was exposed to it in high school and I did really okay. well. Yeah. And I, I was at one of those schools where you pick a trade and, you know, you pick a course and that's what you stay on. And yeah. um, I was kind of like, 
put into accounting by mistake because they didn't have any room in the other one that I wanted to be in. So I was put in accounting by mistake and I ended up loving it. And so when I got to college, I was first generation college student. I was like, hmm, I wonder what I can do here because they said you had to pick a major. And I was yes. like, well, the only thing I know is accounting. So let's do accounting, you know. And so that's how I started my journey within accounting. And um, that was the business part of it, you know, but it essentially rolled over into my personal life and being able to learn as I go, learn by mistake, and then add it on to, you know, just continuously learning. Credit, I think, is, you know, um, where what the learning process that I'm currently in right now is like credit part, you know, and so just understanding each piece of it and understanding how it all flows. So that was my journey with accounting and why I'm here. Well, that's what, what did you want? What was the uh, path that you wanted to go to in high school that didn't have enough? It was, room? <laughs> it was what everybody else was doing. It was like the medical field. And I was like, hey, you know, everybody's doing that. Maybe I should do it. But you know. Like, I wanted to be an actress. <laughs> at, at one time, I wanted to be a neonatal pediatric doctor. Oh, wow. And then I figured is- out. Yeah, right. And I was like, "How much school do you have to do to do that?" Oh no, I'm not gonna. Do that. Yeah, you're so like, that's well, good. <laughs> how long? How long have you been doing the Watts Kids training? Yeah, so I've been doing Watts Kids since about 2016. I started it in the same year that I started my accounting firm. Oh wow! You started with like like. Well, I started like actually kids or your own kids. Well, yeah, actually my own kids, right? So my son goes to a charter school and they allow parents to come up with these like um after school classes or activities. Wow. So yeah, so like if you wanted to play chess and you wanted to teach him how to play video games, so I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and try, you know, this financial literacy thing. So I named it um I think it was like money talks or something like that. Yeah. And it was like very diverse. It was I had a kindergartner up until a third grade and I was like, no, never again. I have to put some restrictions <laughs> restrictions here, you know. Like yeah. over there, the third grade is like, I know everything, you know. And so I'm like, okay. But that's where it started. And then I went into another school and I was solely working with one grade and I would go there every week um and we would do lessons. And so um I would teach them the different terms. I would make it interactive with them. And then from there, I wrote the books. So um, the workbook, the green workbook came first. Yeah. Yeah. And then the blue workbook workbook is actually a coloring book. So I have three sons. I have a uh, 12-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. And when the uh, the six year old was a little bit younger, you know, I couldn't really give him the workbook. And so right. I was like, I really want him to, you know, get on to this and really want him to work with it. And I was looking at what the different stuff I would buy him and they were like coloring books. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe that's an entry to him learning about money. And so um, in the coloring book, they learn what colors the, the coins are, what colors, you know, the dollars are, and, you know, the pennies are, are brown and it has one cent and this is how you count. And, you know, it, has, it actually um, goes into that math curriculum that they should really be learning. You know, if you're learning math, you should be using money. Yeah. Right. So it's so funny because Manny and I, we went to high school together. We went to a magnet school and one of the classes that we had was uh, called Senior Survival. 
And so it basically taught you about what was it, like checkbooks. It was like a home home things you need. Like to know. home ec and yeah. things like that. And I have to tell you, um, we weren't fans of the teacher, but I I felt a lot ahead of the curve when I went to college because wow. I knew so much not a lot, I guess. It, it, the basics of finance basic. that, you go. Yeah. that people my age didn't know. Well, not just that, too. Like, filling out forms, you know, like, tax forms. Eh? Yeah, like, if know. you don't know what you're looking at, <laughs> you're like, what is 1A exactly? Um, so, I guess the question is, right, because we, you know, we have friends who are teachers, and they're always, like, you know, they themselves are still trying to figure out what money is and how to make it work for them and all this other stuff. What, in your opinion, what I guess is a really good age to start teaching this to kids, but also how do you implement it if you're just kind of learning it yourself too? Yeah, so implementation starts just like anything else. So kids are kids are much more smart. They're smarter than what we give them credit for. You know what I mean? Like that's why I introduced the coloring book first, you know, because that at least gives them an idea of what a coin looks like, what a dollar bill looks like. Right. And they they begin to attach value to that, right? So now when you're at the store and you say, "Hey, son, here's this change. Can you count it for me? They know what the pennies look like. They know what the dimes look like. They know. And so now they're able to say, okay, I, and then it's the, it's even more basic than that. I have to use money to pay for things that I want. Right. Right. I can't just go into the store to get money. And then how do you get money? I have to earn money. So these are the different yes. terms that you teach them. Right. Things, yeah. money doesn't go off, grow off of trees. You can't <laughs> go in the backyard and yeah. pick the money, right? And so it's it's really about life skills. Like you can't think of it as, in in. A, I, w- I would say to those parents, you can't think of it um, in a school setting, right? You would think of it just as you would teach them how to brush their teeth, how to tie their shoe. It's a life skill. You know, so these are life skills that we're teaching them. Okay, um, we have to earn money. How do you earn money? You do different things, and whether you want to give them responsibility to do these different things. No, you're not, you know, raising them up to work for anybody, but you're teaching them that in order to obtain money, you have to earn it, whether it be by entrepreneurship, or whether it be by, you know, working for someone else, whether it be by investments, but you have to put in work in order to reap a benefit. Now, that can be a life skill with anything, you right. know what I mean? Um, so that's where you start. You just start at the very basic. And as you add on to it, because we think, and this is how I was thinking, we think we need to know everything before we teach it, right? Yeah. And that, that's simply not true. It's just, as you're learning, you know, they don't need to know about credit at six. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, they, they, they don't need to know how to write a check at six or anything like but that. But you have but a workbook for that, though, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but what they do need to know is where do I go to deposit this money? You know, I can earn this money, I can deposit it, and oh, it grows when I put it there. So those are really simple terms. I would start with the terms, you know, and I would start just like having some type of, um, process that you have some something that's repetitive okay if you make your bed if you brush your teeth these are things that you're going to do and this is how mommy and daddy or mommy or dad you know are going to um reward you you know anything above yeah. what you're already supposed to do this is how we're going to reward you for what you know we want to reward you with and then what do you want to do with that money do you want to 
purchase something, um, you want to save it and then teach them the benefits around saving it. Right. Do you want to give some money away? You know, you see people on the street all the time, you know, in need. And so you that's those are those are life experiences along with teaching them about money you're also teaching them about life experiences helping people that are in need charitable mm -hmm. giving you know all of those things that they'll carry with them just like you all did from the school that you carried with you into life and then as you grew on you just added on to what you already knew yeah amen Amen. You know, I, I got to say, I, I appreciate how you're also teaching the vocabulary, like earning income, um, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, and I say that because speaking as a, um, an adult in his 30s who's currently trying to get his life back together. <laughs> um, we all words like that. Words like that can be kind of scary to have to explain to somebody, you know? Yeah. Um, I gotta. I wonder when you started bringing this into the school with your kids and everything, were the were the parents like standoffish about it at all? Because be that's honest, gotta be something parents wonder if their kids should be learning. Yeah. Well. Well. To be honest, I mean, um, depending upon, it, hey, do the parents even know, right? So um, sometimes you know the school I was going to was an inner city school. Um, so I mean. The parents sometimes aren't even familiar with the term. So some sometimes I did, you know, workshops with the parents as well. Oh, and um, so they weren't intimidated at all. You know, um, the good, the great thing about, you know, some of these parents or a lot of us is that we are very open to um, having our children get what we did not. You know, um, and, and I have not come across, you know, um, any parents that are not advocates of that. You know, if I don't know it, if anything, they're asking me questions <laughs> about, hey, I have this question. Why you, you know, <laughs> if they, they're trying to learn too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I need to learn how to fix this tax form I had, you know, so it's like, <laughs> It's like twofold, you know, and I always get asked when I'm there for the children, they're like, well, can you do a workshop for the parents too? Because they kind of need it. And so I'm, I'm almost like um, teaching the family, you know, and that's the objective for me. That's the objective for me is to, to really um, motivate the family to really change. The overall objective is to change the trajectory of that family. Right. Right. And it's so, you know, me and Manny talk about it a lot because like I feel I was at an advantage because I had a parent who was financially literate and tried to instill that. But being amongst my peers, I felt like maybe I was the only one who would get that. So I was like, save. I, I turned 16 and I immediately was taken to a place to get a job. Like that was my 16th birthday present. And so from there, it was like, I always knew like if I wanted something, I just, all my money went into savings. When I graduated from college, all of my money went. So I was constantly saving, but I also have now, I want to say a hang up, like, you know, the pandemic happened and it hit a lot of people who, you know, and affected people in a sense where if they didn't have a savings, they didn't know where their next check was coming from. And I felt fortunate that I had something for a rainy day if something happened. But now sometimes I, I worry that if I spoil myself by getting an iPad or a new computer, I, I'm now worried that, well, what if I lose my job? Or what if something happens? I could have spent that $1,200 on bills. And so like... In your opinion, how do you kind of sway the kids from being like that 
Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you sound real Capricornish. I'm just going to say that because I am. Um, <laughs> I'm actually a Pisces. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Out of nature for Pisces. You guys live up in the clouds. Um, but I'll say this, like, um, I can totally relate to that. And I see that a lot in um, first generation entrepreneurs who are successful. And it's really, you feel like um, because you have not, anything that we don't practice, it it's unnatural for us right. or it's, 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 it's uncom uncomfortable for us. And that's why I say that all of it should not go to savings. All of it should not go to investing. If you just live your life like that, all you do is pay bills, invest, and and save it. Then, it what are you? You're going to start to resent some part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Amen. So have, oh. Yeah. So you have to, <laughs> you have to treat yourself. You know what I mean? Like, cause that is why you're working. You know, like you're working so that not just to pay bills, but to also reward yourself every now and then. So I would actually make it a habit. So as you're teaching them, you know, say, hey, son, daughter, you know, I want you to save this amount. I want you to save that amount. And the rest is yours to keep. So maybe you have requirements on what they need to save. Maybe if you give them $50 a month, well, I'm going to give you this 50, but you must save $10 out of your money. And you must, you know, give $5 away to charitable contributions. After that, you can do whatever you want with your money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it teaches them that they still have obligations, but yet they they are still able to um, purchase the things that they want, you know, um, reward themselves or do things for themselves that they want because we need that. Yeah. So it's so funny because I listen to people like um, Susie Orman, I think that's her name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget one of the things she said was, um, pay for experiences don't yes. pay for material things and i i yes. took that too hard and so yes i could have uggs and a gucci <laughs> bag i could have all of those things but to me the value of being able to say oh i went to thailand oh i got to go to paris and spain and do all that weight has way more value because now when i'm having conversations with people it's not like oh i went to miami once like you know i i feel a little more cultured and broadened in how i did things but you know still shopping at forever 21 on sale and things like that Listen, so, I, I, yeah <laughs> no no, no. I'm, I'm totally for giving yourself experiences and giving your children experiences yeah, right because they're not going to remember what you got in that Christmas, but they will remember that that trip to Disney that you took, right? And so it's about creating those experiences so they attach those feelings to them because, you know, and, and really we have to, and I've seen this a lot on social media, everybody's different, right? right. So I'm different from my husband. My husband loves the um, expensive things and things like that. And I'm like, cancel Christmas. Let's go to Florida. You know, that's like, I'm like, no more toys. Let's yeah. just, you know what I mean? It's so, like, <laughs> but it, I'm not a stickler like that. I just want to create experiences yeah. instead of creating things, you know? And so for me, I'm not, that's not my thing. I'm never, I would have the money in the bank account or in my pocket and I just cannot buy that item that costs a thousand dollars. I just can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm like that too. Right. You know, and it's, but that's just me, but she, on the other hand, she may live to buy those things and I have to allow her that. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. we have to understand the difference with our kids too. Like we know early on, 
what type of kids we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you have that kid that's always eyeing that expensive toy, you know, and they want specific things, no, I want that. No, my, I like that. That kind of stuff's yes. never going to change. Yeah. Perfect that, it's kind of going to change. They like luxury. Wow. Right. Yeah. But that's also so perfect because then they're the perfect candidate to you need to know how this really works. Like yes. Santa Claus didn't build these things. Okay. You know, why yeah. I tell Santa Claus. Yeah. And like but it's also funny because I always felt like whenever my parents got me expensive things, I had to almost like shrine it. Like I would put it back uh, in the pot. I would take extra care of it because I'm like, I know how much this PlayStation 2, I just aged myself. So I know we're like three PlayStations ahead. But when I got the PlayStation 2, I was like, I know how much this PlayStation costs. And so I have to take real good care of it. You have the box. I have the box. It was very like, I was like, oh my God. And if and I remember somebody broke it when I was in college, somebody broke it and I was just like, devastated i was like my mom yeah. worked so hard to get that you did so i think i became that person when it came to money like you know things are expensive and yeah. it doesn't money doesn't grow on trees and so like you have it, it taught me how to take care of my things yeah but there are i do have friends and you know i know people who are just so like oh if it breaks it's not a big deal i'm like I'm, I, what do you mean what do you mean i don't understand like <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, no, what do you mean? Like, gotta take care of it. You gotta, like, there should be a spot for it. You <laughs> well, there are levels, you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that <laughs> not a spot but, yeah. but on the flip side, right? Like, say, for instance, my husband is a big shoe tennis connoisseur or whatever, you know, they want to, he's a big yeah. sneakerhead. Yeah. And he takes, he takes extreme care of his shoes. Now, on the flip side of that, he's able to resell them for a great value. So if that that teaches, if you take care of things and your investments, then they will work for you. Right. So your investments, if you, you know, if you make this an investment, if you buy that Gucci bag or if you buy those Louboutin shoes and you keep them in the bag and you keep them, you know, whatever, you exactly. will be able to benefit from them if you plan to resell them. So I always look at those high end things like that, too, as an investment as well, based upon what you what you desire to do with it. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it's really about the mindset you hear. It's been talk going on all around social media about the Birkin bags. And, yeah. Yeah. All of those kind of things. I look at that stuff sometimes if you have it as an investment sometimes because you can resell those oh, things yes. and, you know, make money off of it. So it's just really, you know, having a balance. I think the big thing is being able to balance it all. So uh, you, um, I saw that you wrote this blog post. Is it a hobby? I, I forgot the title of it. It's like, is, is your thing like, it, can your hobby be a business? Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was so fun because we're, you know, coronavirus hit and it was like all all of these online shops kind of came up. But in your opinion, I don't like, is that something that should be taught in schools? Like, you know, we, there's a lot of that are, yeah, general, yeah. Yeah. Should that, how do you, in your opinion, how would you change the school curriculum so that kids are aware of all their options, but also can kind of transition into the real world a little more seamlessly than in the past. So everything is not going to be, some of the things that we learn are just taught through exposure, right? 
and so instead of you know it it, it also it, there are some things that i would change in the school curriculum when it comes to what they teach the kids and that is finances and financial literacy when it comes to entrepreneurship um I think it's based off of what the kids are exposed to. So allowing them to see, you know, different entrepreneurs and exposing them to different entrepreneurs, not so much as, you know, adding that to the curriculum, because, you know, we have some of those schools that do just that, you know, that um, they may have different, have different things where you could take an entrepreneurship class, you know, or different things like that. However, I think organizations like mine and other organizations should be able to come in as a third party and then expose those um, those children to those different avenues that they can have, you know, whether it be because everybody is not, you know, set up to be a worker, you know, or work yeah. for somebody else. Like, you, yeah. you know. And they need to know I had no clue what an entrepreneur was. And I went to a school, I went to Dunbar High School, you know, um, and uh, I forget that, I don't even want to, uh, no, not Earl Drew I can't even remember the um, the museum, <laughs> the museum that's here. And he went to my high school and I can't remember his name and I know um, I'm going to get rid of it. <laughs> Um, but he was an entrepreneur, you know, he was an entrepreneur. He went to my high school. And so I didn't even make that connection. I didn't even know. And it wasn't until I got to college and was exposed to those different things. And it sounds far fetched from somebody that might go to a Bryn Mawr or a private school because socially they've been exposed to entrepreneurs, right. yeah. you know, their friends, moms and dads and, you know, their entrepreneurs and, you know, CEOs and different things like that. So it's really based off of exposure. I mean, talking about the curriculum, it's, it has to be a whole overhaul. You know what I mean? Right. Um, when we talk about that. So um, to answer your question, though, just exposing, allowing third parties to come in and really, you know, benefit those those students in that way, I would I would recommend. Aside from definitely adding financial literacy to the main curriculum that they teach. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel like I learned a lot. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> please <laughs> let people know where they can find you, your book, your coloring book, and any answers to any questions they might have. Yes, yeah, so you can find us at White Kids on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, if you if you go to White Kids on either platform, you'll be able to find those books. The link to those books. We our website is www.whitekids.org. Um, we do um, different workshops. Um, for different organizations, if that is required. The guy that went to my high school that has a museum is called Reginald F. Lewis. I did not oh, want to get guy. off. Yes, I remember that, that guy. guy. You remember he that was guy. Very, <laughs> very successful guy, right? <laughs> um, however, I didn't want to do that. But So watch kids on both Instagram and Facebook. Whatkids.org um, is the website, and you can buy those two gems right there. Um, and just, you know, send me an email. Oh, we also have a downloadable business plan, um, free, free downloadable business plan and uh, a budget as well. So oh, if you want to teach your kids, yeah so, yeah, so the summer, you know, getting into, if the kids want to start, you know, a business or something like that, and you want them to really lay it out, you can print the downloadable business plan out and then, you know, you can have them start from there. And nice. guys, don't worry. We'll make sure to have all the links to all those things on our pages so yep. you can find it. Um, and if you just want to see what a 
Two Crazy Kids are up to. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bubble Map Stories. You can find me at Got No Time for This. And you can find me at Nikki Trends on Instagram. Nika, thank you so much for joining us. And yeah. we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. That was awesome. <laughs> so we'll let you know when all that stuff goes on. We'll make sure to tag you and everything. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right, perfect. Thank you, guys. I Thank had so you. much. Thank you so much. Uh, All have right. a great weekend. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.